The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with Jen Bruff of Fink and Paris Insurance. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm very well, Tara. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay, thanks. Um, we know each other from town. You are definitely a mover and a shaker around town, and I think if people are also doing the same thing, they know of you and your husband, Pat. Got to give a shout out to Pat. Of um, course. Because everybody knows and loves Pat, too. Um, and Fink and Paris, which has been a very long time insurance agency in our area. Um, and you have an interesting story, a history there from going from working at the front desk um, to being the owner of the company. Is that true? That is true. So I started back in 1994. I answered an ad in the newspaper for a customer service rep. And um, I knew nothing about insurance, but I realized that it was a very um, good agency in the area, good company in the area. And I thought it would be a fun career to investigate. Again, had no information about insurance or what the job entailed. Um, I started in 1994 in December as a customer service rep, which involved answering telephones. Um, there was actually still a manual typewriter at my desk. Um, we used a red pen versus a blue pen for certain things. I mean, that's how old fashioned. Sounds, like, sounds like banking. Well, I came from banking and banking was actually more modern than the insurance agency was at that point. But I've always been a very curious person. And so... I just ask a lot of questions like, why do we do this? How do we do this? Can I do this? And I was lucky enough to work with some people that were willing to teach me. So after a few years, um, the bookkeeper quit. And I went to the owner at that time, Dick Paris, and said, how about you let me be the bookkeeper? And he said, do you have any experience? I said, I have no experience, but how hard can it be? It's balancing a checkbook, you know? And he took a just chance. Just a big one. Just, yeah. <laughs> He's like, he took a chance on me, to be honest. And I loved it. I love being busy. I love running a company. So for me, it was a natural fit. And I progressed. Um, in 2001, we merged with the GA Fink and Son Agency. And in 2004, I became a partner. Um, they all decided they wanted to retire at some point. And in 2015, I was able to buy my three other partners out, and I became the sole owner of Fink and Paris Insurance Agency. And so the owners were Joanne, Roger, and Dick. Dick. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And so a lot of people in the area know all of those names. All of Dick, those names. Dick yeah. Paris, Roger Fink, and Joanne Fink. Correct. Um, and Joanne was just an employee until recently, right? Joanne just retired at the end of June, yes. Which is crazy. Yes. How has that been? You know, it's... It's been different, um, not better, not worse. It's just different. You yeah. know, Joanne staying on not as a partner had to be an adjustment for her. But we worked really well together and we had a great relationship. So she was always a sounding board. And, you know, that was probably one of the things I missed the most about not having three other partners. You had somebody to bounce stuff stuff off on and all the problems weren't on your shoulder like they are now. It's it's on my shoulders. So um, having her stay was actually a blessing in the long run. But, you know, we had three people retire so far this year. Um, I'm hoping that's it for the year. But, you know, those are big changes. Were, were those planned or were they COVID? No, they were planned. They were ready. And I always encourage people especially at that age, to live life to the fullest. Like, what are you waiting for? Like, go retire. This is the time to live and have a good time. So, And Joanne is such a well-known yes. person in the community, too. So I'm sure that's been a really good 
thing for the agency to have. Yes, and she's still very involved in everything that she's that she was involved with before, as far as charity and you know the hospital and everything like that. So she's going to continue being in the community, definitely. That's great. I look forward to seeing her. Oh yeah. And so, so you have two locations. Yes. Which, as I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of odd, right? I mean, because a lot of local agencies don't have two locations in our area. They have one. So you have one in Florence and one in East Hampton. How, is, how has that been for you, having, having two? So it's always a challenge because if you look at the math, like the smart person would say consolidate, um, save some money. But every time I look at both locations, they have such unique customer bases and the areas we serve are so spread apart. You know, Florence office um, serves a lot of the hill towns. Well, having somebody from the hill towns come all the way to East Hampton doesn't really make sense. The our East Hampton office, we actually service a lot of people in the Ham- in Hampton County. It doesn't make sense for go to for them to go to Florence. So we we make it work. We just make it work having two locations. It's hard to manage people in two locations, but um, we always try to talk about being one company with two locations, not two separate offices. So, and so was the Fink uh, insurance company in one location and the Paris insurance company in another. Yes. Like so, is that how it worked? Yeah. So Gifford and Paris had an office in East Hampton, yeah. and we had an office in Florence down the street. Um, from where GA Fink was. So we just merged our little office into GA Fink and Son's big building. Got it. Got it. Nice. And so um, for you, you're in uh, an interesting industry, a male-dominated industry. How does that feel for you, being a a woman owner of of an insurance company? Well, Often it means I'm the only woman in the room sometimes. It's gotten much better over the years. Um, You know, Pat always, because my husband Pat works at the agency too, we always have a laugh because we will go to events and people will assume that he's the owner and they will start talking to him and he will just look at them and be like, you're talking to the wrong person. And they kind of, they're a little surprised. Um, I have to say that it's gotten better over the past probably five to seven years. There's a lot more women joining, a lot more women buying agencies, uh, but it's it's been a challenge. Like I am one of those people that, when I'm in the room full of people, I don't feel like I have to speak. I listen, I watch, and if I have something to say, I'll say it. I'm so I. I don't tend to stand out. There's a lot of people, you know, in meetings who just talk to talk. That's yeah. not who I am. I feel like I wait until I have something important to say or good to say. So I don't, um, I'm not the most known person, but I, they call me silent, but I'm not going to say it <laughs> because I just, I just say what needs to be said and that's it. Um, you know, as an industry, we're really struggling with staffing like every other industry is. We're always looking for good people. And the model has always been, you know, the agent was the man and the customer service people were the women. I mean, if you look at any agency, you'll see that. And we're starting to see a change. And my goal as an agency owner is to empower as many women that work for me as possible to reach for those those levels that maybe they wouldn't have had a chance to reach for 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar to banking. Mm-hmm. You see the same thing in the yeah. banking industry. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's been interesting, but I never let it stand in my way. Mm-hmm. 
I just didn't. And I feel like it makes you a little bit more of a standout too. Oh, definitely. In a lot of like industry meetings or conferences or whatever. I don't know like what the percentage is for women owned versus male owned independent insurance agencies. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you know, when Candace and I owned Jackson and Connor, you know, we were known as as the girls because there were no women owners and hardly any similar probably numbers to insurance agencies, but uh, that owned men's clothing stores. And so, you know, at the trade shows it was always a thing that we we did um and i liked it i liked being you know one of a few or a handful to be able to stand into the spotlight i enjoy it too sometimes because it makes people uncomfortable like Mm -hmm. i always say they don't know what to to make of me Mm -hmm. because i don't fit the mold i'm not i didn't inherit the agency from my family um and i i just i don't fit that mold and they really sometimes have no idea how to take me because why am I there? How did I get there? And mm-hmm. I often get that comment like, oh, did you, you know, did your father own the agency? And I'm like, no. And I stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't make excuses. <laughs> I just stop. I go, no. Yeah. Yeah. And and let them come up with the next question. So what what is the usually the follow up to that question when you just end it right there? I mean, what are they saying next? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks so much for that. It's like, okay. Well, as women, I feel like we don't need to explain ourselves. And I've tried to get better at that of not explaining myself and saying, oh, well, you know, this, that. I just, I just let it be. Yeah. 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 That's great. I let my actions speak for themselves. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, I think that. Um, women bring a lot of different uh, just just mindsets and and emotional uh, intelligence to ownership to conversations and so you know I think that that probably shows so much in the day-to-day but if you had to pick one thing that really stands out you know for your leadership at the company versus prior you know what would you say is different I would say that um, I spend a lot of time trying to put myself in other people's shoes. So perspective is very important to me. And when I have conversations, even with a staff member that's having an issue, I always try to flip it and say, well, how would you feel if this happened to you? Where I think, you know, 15, 20 years ago, an owner didn't care. Mm -hmm. This is your job. This is what you do. Um, And I make myself accessible Mm -hmm. at all times. I, I, I'm not... I am a very serious person, but I'm not a serious person. I don't act like the sky is falling all the time. I try very hard not to. And I think that makes a difference, too. If somebody makes a mistake, they make a mistake. We'll fix it, and we move on. Just don't make it again, please. <laughs> right. Well, and that's a given, but you know, I can only compare that to how I was, I call it, raised in the business versus what it is like now with me being an owner. Awesome. Well, this is Tara Brewster. You're listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm talking today with Jen Bruff of Fink and Paris Insurance. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Jen Bruff of Fink and Paris Insurance with two agencies in the area, one in East Hampton, 
kind of behind Biggie's on that side street over there. Um, and the other one in Florence, right on Main Street. You can't miss it. Kind of diagonally across from Friendly's. And while we were on break, we were just talking a little bit about the employment market and employees and um, Dick Paris and how he gave you the opportunity to be the bookkeeper. And now look at you. You're the owner of the company. Um, and I was feeling the same way about John Hallen when I started at Greenfield Savings Bank. And so, you know, what do you think the is different now about the labor market um, versus prior? You know, because you had mentioned hiring is an issue, finding good employees. You know, I feel like that's happening across industries. So what are some takeaways that you've learned um, post-pandemic about hiring people, letting stuff go? Well, I, I've done most of the hiring for the company for the past 25 years. So I would interview, hire, do everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... A few years ago, probably five or six years ago, I made some mistakes. And I said, okay, maybe it's time for me to step back because a lot of my hiring was done on gut instinct. <laughs> and I thought I was a good judge of character. Yeah. And I was up to a certain point, but you know, things just got a little hairy after a while. Uh, so I delegated that to somebody else and then they realized how hard it was. Um, and what we've had to do in the past couple of years because the labor market is so tight and it's so hard to find people. I mean, we have two open positions now that we have had for almost a year and a half. Um, but what we found is that we really have to be careful and really use um, as much data as we can when we hire somebody. We never used to do assessments. We do a assessments now. You know, you, you apply for this position, you send us a resume and you get an assessment right away. I need to know that you can read and write. I need to know that you can solve basic logic problems because a lot of our job on a daily basis is solving problems. You need to know where to go, where to look, who to talk to, or whether or not this problem is even solvable or it needs to be escalated. Um, so we've spent a lot more time uh, recalibrating how we hire. Our initial hiring practices, you send in a resume, you do the assessment, and then you get interviewed by two members of my staff. I don't even meet the person at first. If they're going to work with these people, I want them to see whether or not they like them. Mm -hmm. And if they like them, usually they come running in right away, call them right away. And if they don't, you know, then we have a discussion. Um, but we've really tried to be different about it. You know, I've always said in every interview I've done, I'm very protective of my team. I do not hire people that are not going to fit in our team, regardless of how well they are, um, you know, talked about or you know what they look like on paper if my team doesn't like them then it's not going to happen and that's something we continue to do you know we have had some people who have interviewed over the past year and a half who they would have been a body but when you know you know it's just not going to fit and it's not worth the aggravation and I really like that you bring in your team members first to interview I think that's a really interesting idea we do that in both offices. Yeah. So it's usually a supervisor and a customer, you know, one of the account managers. Tell me what you think about this mm -hmm. person. They have a list, list of questions. We give them the tools, but you need to be able to work with this person in order to to succeed, at, you know, in a business. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that goes back to being a smaller agency, right? A smaller local agency, which I know is really important to you to have that as sort of like the the cloth that you wear, the, the jacket that you put on um, every morning. But, you know, what does it mean to be a local agency versus a national agency? I mean, I know from a banking perspective, you know, we always say bank local. Is it the same thing, bank or insure local? Is it the, you know, 
know, are they similar sort of mindsets? I can go on about this for hours. Okay, so. well. We'll stop. Probably have like six six minutes six left minutes. in this one. So here here's a couple things that I think are very important about being a local insurance agency. Um, you have a tree fall on your house. You're going to call our agency and say, "There's a tree on my house." Somebody from my office, I would say, ninety percent of the time, is going to show up at your house. Obviously, if seven hundred people have trees fall on their house, it's going to take us a little while to get there. But we're going to be there. We've had several fires this year, and the best um, testament I can give to that is that people, when somebody from our office shows up, look at them and say, wow, you're here. And we're like, of course we're here. You had a fire. We're going to be here and make sure everything's going smoothly and make sure everything's working out. The other thing I like about being local is that a lot of people who work for us live locally. So when they see Gail at the grocery store, there's that connection. Oh, there's Gail, my insurance agent. And that makes them feel more comfortable because they know the people that work for us. Um, that's a big part of it, too. The most important part, which you know is very near and dear to my heart, is the community. So us being local, Fink and Paris being a locally owned insurance agency, that means I decide where we give money. I don't have a budget dictated to me by somebody else. I don't have certain types of charities or organizations that I only give to because that's the direction that my parent company feels that we should go to. And you know, as a community, there's a lot of people that ask for help. And to be able to give back based on what our philosophy is or what, how I feel about this organization is amazing to me. I don't have to ask anybody for permission. Well, maybe my accountant, but like in general, I don't have to ask anybody for permission to do that. So being that's what being local means to me. You know, we have 28 employees. It's a, and we have a lot of customers. They do their best to get back to everybody. They do their best to take care of people. Um, because they live here, so they have to see these people. We have to see these people, I have to see these people. It's nice to be able to put a face to the name, so. And you know, you talked about one piece in there, which I just wanna highlight for everybody, is that um, the community aspect, the giving back aspect, I think you do a really amazing job at showing up, volunteering, um, supporting, donating, um, fundraising when, when need to. Um, so, you know, I really appreciate that because there are a lot of people in need in our area and not that there's not a lot of people in need elsewhere, but, you know, I think being local is taking care of the people around you, you know, taking care of your community, that, that word that you just said you liked so much. Um, so thank you for, for doing that and being that person. Um, I'm a firm believer that if our community succeeds, our company succeeds. Um, making sure that storefronts are open, making sure that schools are taken care of, that only helps build a community and that only helps our business, which in then turn helps my employees to make a living. It's just a circle that goes around and around and you can't have one without the other. At least that's that's my philosophy. And, and I definitely agree with it, um, being at a local mutual bank, but you know, 
I see so many of the same names on all of the sponsorship boards and all of the um, donor lists. And so, you know, definitely I would love to see more people step up because um, even though we do live in a really philanthropically minded, nonprofit rich area, um, I still think more people could be um, doing more. So I'm hoping that uh, we see more of that coming out of COVID as we enter into the I, now. And I don't disagree with you. And I think a lot of that is driven by people like us who make those connections and get people on the, um, not on boards, but just pe- get people's names out there and in, in, in the space so that people know that there are these people out there that have the capacity to give. They just don't know where to start or they've never been asked. So like you, always thinking when I see somebody, oh, wait a minute, that would be a good connection for this organization. And you do that too. And that's kind of our job. And I think that it is being asked, you know, so Mm -hmm. many people wait to be asked. So everyone that's listening, you've been asked. Correct. (laughs) Find a nonprofit, get on a committee. Yes. Donate to your next race that you see. Yes. Um, It's so important and, and keeps everything moving. Like you said, you know, it really does grease the wheels of a community um, for sure. And so, you know, we talked a little bit about it. You show up in person. Um, but how have you, uh, how has it changed in, in the ways that you connect with your customers? Has anything changed since COVID? Um, are you doing more like Zoom calls with people? Well, well, you know, email and texting and Zoom calls have all come into play with how we connect with people. Social media, we have to connect with people. But frankly, the way they really want to connect with us is in person or over the phone. That still hasn't changed at all. Um, But we just keep trying to upgrade our communications abilities so that we can always reach out to people 24-7 and they can always reach us 24-7. So our website does a lot of that um, and just just being available. And what is your website? www.insuringyourway.com. Oh, see, I would have not guessed that at all. Okay. Was that a tagline from your predecessors? That was created back in 2001. Okay. Yes. Yes, it <laughs> okay. was. I had to dig deep. <laughs> yeah. But yes, 2001. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't have known that, but yep. that's good to know. Okay. Insuringyourway.com. Got it. Um, so, you know, Jen, I think this is just amazing. I really appreciate that you're here for the community and doing great work. Um, I love your history story too with the company. Um, So we're going to take another quick break. This is Tara Brewster. You're listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here today with Jen Bruff of Fink and Paris Insurance in Florence and East Hampton. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Jen Bruff of Fink and Paris Insurance. And I would be remiss if we didn't talk at all about insurance rates or the economy on the show and just chit-chatted about the community and um, what it's like to be ladies here. Anyway, Jen, the, uh, the state of the economy, everyone knows everything is going up. So my question to you is, what about insurance rates? What is the state of insurance rates and how are they looking compared to, say, pre-pandemic? So um, let me start with pandemic. As everybody remembers, nobody was driving during the pandemic. And most everybody got a refund check from their insurance company as a result of not driving. 
because people weren't driving, nobody was getting into accidents. So insurance companies weren't paying out losses. All great, all looking good, until the pandemic ended and inflation started going through the roof. So inflation starts going up, people start driving more, people start getting into accidents, not not necessarily freak, more frequently, but the cost to repair after an accident went way up. I was at a meeting today and the company said their average claim cost was $5,000 per claim three years ago. It is now $30,000 per claim. That's a huge increase. And it's all driven by inflation. It's all driven by scarcity of people to fix cars, scarcity of supplies, um, supply chain issues. And as a result, insurance carriers' losses are going up and up and up and up. They also, prior to COVID, didn't take huge rate increases. 2% here, 4% there. Now we're seeing an average of 7%, and today I heard 22%. For next year? For one particular carrier that I write with, yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. And you write with how many carriers? 15 different ones. Okay. So the state of insurance right now is really, really messy. Um, We get a lot of phone calls from clients saying, my premium went up. uh, What can we do? And often there's not much we can do, uh, especially, you know, on the auto side, there's some discounts. Where we're also seeing major rate increases is on the property side, on homeowners coverage. And part of that is driven by you have a home that right now the replacement cost is $400,000. But because of inflation, the cost to replace your home (coughs) could go up 10, 12, 15%. So the insurance companies are taking that into account and increasing the coverage on your house to 450,000 because that's what it would actually cost to replace your house right now because of inflation. So on top of a rate increase, you have an increase because the coverage on your house went up. So people are getting hit on auto, getting hit on home. On the commercial line side, same thing, property values are going way up. And it's a lot of it is being driven by inflation And a lot of that inflation um, is affecting how much insurance companies have to pay out. So they have to raise rates. And so normally when when an insurance company raises rates for an insurance agency, that's a really bad move because that's when people look to shop, right? Correct. Okay. And so are you seeing a lot of people shopping around and and rate shopping? I have a part-time person. All she does is... She gets the emails and the calls from the account managers saying this person wants us wants us to look at their policy. I don't like to use the word shop around because yeah. it makes like makes insurance sound like a commodity. Yeah. So we look at it as we're remarketing your account. Okay, remarketing, uh, good word. Yes, because I just don't like the term shop yeah, around. Yeah. And um, but we have somebody part time. That's all she does. She works from home, and we just send her the information, and she looks at all our other carriers. And sometimes there is a savings that can be had. I worked on somebody this morning, somebody who had reached out to me personally, and I remarketed her with all of the carriers in our office, and she actually had the best rate with the carrier she had. Mm -hmm. I couldn't save her any money moving her to anybody else. Mm. So um, it's a tough time right now. Most people are really good about it, but there are are people out there who their money's really tight for them. Yeah. And we can completely understand that and empathize with that. But at the same time, our hands are tied. The other thing that's really interesting in our industry right now is direct writers. I won't name them, but they're shutting down new business. 
So they are being very picky about what they're taking for new business on the personal line side. Three years ago, they would take anybody and they would charge them a pretty inexpensive rate for insurance. And now they're just, they're, their loss ratios have gone through the roof and their costs have gone through the roof. So they're just not being as active in our marketplace anymore. And so I know you're not going to name any names, but direct writer, meaning they... You see them on television. Okay, so they don't have Correct. they don't have a you they don't have between an agency, them. Right. So it's the actual it's a 1-800 insurance number. providers. Yes. Got yeah. it, got mm-hmm. it. Um, and so the rates that those insurers are able to provide, are they usually better? Or is there like a gotcha to it? Like what is the... They can be better. One of the one of the things that they can offer is they have a discount for just about any group you've ever belonged to in your whole entire life. And that's a, a gimmick to get you in the door for new business. Um, but right now, I really don't think they have much better than we do. Mm-hmm. We're all in the same boat. We're mm-hmm. all in the same boat with this rate increase environment. We're all in the same boat with, you know, having to remarket accounts. So we're all doing the same work. And sometimes we win, sometimes we don't. I, we're, our goal is always to retain the customers we have, and of course, write new business. But you know, we want to retain the customers that we have. More importantly, well, because it's so much harder to get new business than it is to to keep the customers that you have. Right. Yeah. And the cost analysis between the two, you you don't make financially. It makes sense to keep what you have. Right. So. And and also, I think this goes back to your point about being local and being the type of agency that you are to be able to know the person in the grocery store and to be able to go to someone's house that a tree has fallen on. I mean, you know, we use this all the time in, in local banking that, you know, you want to be able to really know the president of the bank and, and yes. pick up the phone and say, hey, this happened to me. This is not right. Can you help? You know, I've been scammed or or whatever the case yep. may be. I mean, that's not going to happen at a, at a larger financial institution. No. And even I even look at that way when I'm dealing with my carrier relationships and the companies I work with. I like the carriers that I work with that I know the president of the company and he knows me by my first name. Am I going to utilize that relationship for certain things? like a claim? No, but I know the name and he knows my name. And we write with certain carriers that are national carriers and that we don't have that relationship with. But that's why being an independent agent is so important because we have that spread of different types of companies that we can work with and utilize when we need them. And so you do a lot of insuring. Is it just for home and auto? Or are you doing more than we that? Do, we do everything. The only thing right now that we really don't have a presence in is life insurance. But we write home insurance, auto insurance, RV insurance, motorcycle insurance, snowmobile insurance. The other thing that we're not, you know, we don't get as much publicity about is that we write commercial insurance. We write business insurance. We love those one-man contractor shops. Um, we write a lot of property coverage. So people... Um, who own several renter prop, you know, rental properties? We write a lot of that. Also, we're just not in your face about it as much as maybe some, you know, other companies are. But we do do that. And we do it very well. The people I have in my commercial lines department have thirty to forty years of experience writing commercial lines. They know what they're doing, and it's it's something that I don't think we do a good enough job of shouting out about, that mm-hmm. we are capable of doing that also. But there's literally, we, the other thing we have is that we have a whole marine division. So we have uh, 
a person on our staff, Paul Novak. He's a boat captain. He writes boats like nobody's business. He writes marinas like nobody's business, charter boats. That is his passion. <laughs> and if you ever wanted to have him on the show, he would talk your ear <laughs> off too. But he loves doing that. And he's very, very good at it. So I'm envisioning someone with like a skipper hat on right now. He um, does, like he he does probably have one, one of those. those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... You know, there's been so much going on environmentally with the weather. Do you want to talk a little bit about ensuring for flooding or climate change or, you know, the, the things you've seen? Because you made me think about it with the boats and the marinas and the debris in the water. Yeah, flooding has been a big problem, as everybody knows. They've heard it on the news, particularly in our area in the past month and a half. And that has we've had some uncomfortable conversations with clients because if you get water in your basement and it seeps up through the ground, it's it's not covered um, on your homeowner's policy. Flood coverage is specifically excluded on your homeowner's policy. Um, and unless you have a sump pump that fails and you have water backup and sump coverage on your policy, there is no coverage for your stuff in your basement. The flood thing has been, been difficult. Um, Flood has a very specific a definition. It has to be over a two-acre parcel, and it has to be two or three properties that are inundated with flood water. And that doesn't, if it's just your house that has water in the basement, even if you had flood coverage, it wouldn't cover you there either. So you should always check with your insurance agent and make sure, but it's, it's, it's been a very interesting time, particularly with the flooding. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i feeling for everyone, and even I was just in Jackson Hole um, this past week, and it was not great weather there, and everyone was saying, this is really odd, like, we're not used to having weather like this, so I think that, you know, more and more, we're going to be having more climate issues, and I think that should pose something really difficult for your insurance as well. This is Tara Brewster, you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show, I'm here today with Jen Bruff of Fink in Paris, we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Jen Bruff of Fink and Paris Insurance in Florence and East Hampton. And we've been talking about a lot of great insurance thoughts, ideas, um, sort of how Fink and Paris operates as a company locally in our region and how great Jen is and Pat as philanthropists in this area. Thank you so much. Um, and so I have some questions um, just about insurance generally. We were talking a little bit about um, the state of the economy and, um, you know, sort of how people insure themselves now. But, you know, are there any insurance industry tips you know, what are you seeing that people are saying, oh, my God, I wish I had that. You don't have that. You know, you should definitely have this, you know, especially for people who might be, you know, on a budget or, or having some financial barriers to getting more insurance. So one of the big things I always we always run into an issue with, especially on auto insurance, is people not carrying rental coverage. So you get into a car accident your car is not drivable and you need a car because you need to get to work. And often that is something people skimp on and they don't keep because they're like, oh, I can borrow my friend's car. Or I can borrow my mom's car. And then 
they don't have that coverage. And if it's their fault, there's no coverage. If it's somebody else's fault, we can always go after the other insurance company, but then we're at their mercy. So that's one thing I would say definitely don't skimp on. Get the rental reimbursement coverage on your policy. Get something. Something is better than nothing. As far as savings, you know, most people carry a $300 deductible or $500 deductible, especially on collision, going up to $1,000 deductible could be helpful. It can save you a little bit of money there. A lot of carriers, everybody um, charges billing fees and late fees. Going on EFT, having the money taken out of a checking account every single month rather than a bill will save you between 6 and $10 a month. Paying your bill on time will save you $25. Um, if you don't pay your bill, you get a cancellation notice, you get a $25 fee, like just pay your bill on time. And again, I know people have money issues and that can be hard sometimes, but that's one way of not adding to your bill. On the homeowner side, you know, an important part is making sure deductible is at least a thousand. There are still people out there with 250 or 500, a thousand dollar deductible can save you some money. One thing I wouldn't skimp on is having replacement cost coverage on your contents or on your on your home. Um, replacement cost means that we're going to replace that couch that burned in a fire. We're not going to give you the actual cash value of that couch at the time of the loss. Don't ever take that off your policy. Um, you know, those are really important coverages to keep and, and not not skimp on. And so you talked a little bit about um, the monthly uh, payment option. Is there an annual option that is oh, paying like in full? Yes, actual, a- actual best pay in full. You pay in full, you get a five to nine percent discount depending on the carrier. Only on auto, there's no pay in full on home right now, and there's no pay in full on other policies, commercial or personal. Predominantly, it's on um, auto policies. Okay, so yeah, if you can save up for it. Um, you know, is there like a general amount that, you know, is like a normal range for auto insurance or? It generally is between five and 9%. So it depends on your premium. If you have a $500 premium, you know, then 5% is only $25. But if you have a $1,000 premium, it's 50. So it it depends on what your premium is. It could really make a difference. A lot of people put it on their credit card and then get the points on their credit card Mm -hmm. and do it that way. Um, it's, It's just a way of maybe doing a little bit saving a little bit yeah yeah and every little bit helps Correct. i mean you know it's it's good to be able to sort of try to do that um so is there anything that you don't insure at fink in paris we try to we try to find a, a spot for everything um it really we really do you know every once in a while we have to tell somebody uh we can't help you, unfortunately, but in general, we try to find a spot for anything. The only time it gets a little tricky is if it's out of state. There are certain states that are difficult to do to work with, California, New York. They're very sticky on licensing, so sometimes we run into a little roadblock with that. But in general, no, we will we'll, we'll find a we'll find a home for it <laughs> always. Um, and so what has been your your weirdest insurance story or what has been the most difficult thing that you've had to insure over your history in insurance? I, I don't know if I'm able to come up with just one thing. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to get back to you on okay. that one. Sorry, okay. I wish I had a story that I could share. Like, I'll, I'll start taking some notes, but I think they've all just evaporated in my head, yeah, so I didn't yeah, have to probably. think about them yeah. anymore. Yeah, you in in general, it it's, it's those those customers that you go to their house and it's just 
um, it's a mess. It's just a mess. And that's when you're, and then you have like to have hoarding that, mess. Yeah. And then you have to have that conversation with them. And it's, that's not always the most comfortable conversation to say that, well, there's a, there's a problem with all the debris in your yard. There's a problem with the four uninsured vehicles that are parked in your backyard. The company's not going to be okay with that. Um, the other issue we run into often is people with dogs. There's certain dogs that are not insuring, insurable. They're not, they're just not. Because they're too aggressive? They have an aggressive nature. And some of these dogs I've met, they're beautiful, docile, lovable dogs. But insurance carriers, they just have had too many losses with that specific breed. And Wow. You know, but we have a market for it. It's just not always the best conversation to have with a client saying, I'm sorry, I know Bambi's really a nice dog, but unfortunately her breed is not acceptable. And Wow, I've never even thought about that. I mean, I don't yes. own a dog, but... Call wow. me first before yeah. you buy one, Well, please. we won't. Maddie and Charlie are advocating for a cat. Perfect. So hopefully they wear Matt down. Perfect. I've already joined the cat ship, but... Yes, perfect. Cats are good. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I that was something that I never even would have thought about. Trampolines too. Yeah. Bad. Oh, the kid ones. Yes. Really. Yes. I wouldn't have thought about that either. Yes. So many of our parents' kids have trampolines. We have a couple carriers that will write it if they're netted, mm-hmm. but if they're not netted, they will not write the coverage on that property. Okay. Yes. Good to know. Mm-hmm. I'll make a mental note of that <laughs> for the future. So so speaking of the future, where do you see the agency going? Where are you going to lead this agency to in the next 5, 10, 25 years? Um, that is, I wish I had a crystal ball. Um, and I say that and I hesitate, not because I don't know where we're going in the next 5 to 10 years. I just don't know what the world is going to look like in the next 5 to 10 years. Um it changes on a daily basis what we do and how we do it. I mean, just the technology. You have a claim now, and instead of an adjuster going out to your car, you take a video with your phone and take pictures with your phone, and you upload it to on an app to the carrier, that, and that's how they adjust your claim. Mm. I worry a little bit about how far to, and fast technology is changing because how much are they going to need us? going forward Mm -hmm. um but we're just going to keep you know i have this saying we stay in our lane we're going to just keep doing what we're doing which is taking care of our customers we're going to be a company that's focused on integrity and we're a company that's focused on our community and that's what we're going to continue doing for the next five ten years as long as we can and as long as this market supports us well i i think that's that's a great ending and I think that you know you do so much for the community and your employees I know that you're the president of the East Hampton Learning Foundation Um, thank you for doing that and I know um, Jen Ewers is a much beloved employee of yours I'm not to single her out but um, fellow Floridian Mm -hmm. or Florentine Florentine Um, with with me uh, over on uh, Chestnut Street. So anyways, I just want to say thank you. I also want to say thank you to our um, supporters of the show, our sponsors of the show, Greenfield Savings Bank, who is my employer, um, 154 years in Franklin and Hampshire County. Thank you so much, GSB, for the support of me and the show. Also to Business West, who provides us with so much information up and down the valley, um, all four regions of Western Massachusetts. Thank you for all that you do and all the support that you give to so many of us. And also to Craig De La Pena, 
who was another Florentine, um, and uh, a Murphy's Realtor uh, Green Trail uh, Award recipient for his work all across the state doing um, rail-to-trail bike path work. Um, him and Kathy also own Sugar Maple Trailside Inn in Florence, so um, we appreciate all that they do for um, the community and beyond. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show, and I've had Jen Bruff on my show from Fink in Paris. Jen, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this was so much fun. I really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone out there listening. Have a great day. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.